What's up, fam? Welcome to the Flow State Outdoors podcast. And I just can't live without you. That's fine. What do you mean? That's fine, dude. He was fine. Listen to me. Every time. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Hustle and Grind Coffee Co., Evertread, and CastMag.co. back just had our hustle and grind we're feeling awake <laughs> great taste <laughs> full body flavor that's two parts plugged to the shit out so it's good um, oh what are you part of that yeah. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i know a guy that can hook you up <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> i was not ready for recording. that <laughs> i was i was yeah. not ready for that that was good um fuck uh where are we at oh let's go so this is part three now I've just decided because we've got two hour and a half potties already beautiful um, so I reckon we should cover I don't know if you've got any other questions on your pages from sharing it but I've got a handful um, and then I'm sure this will lead I want to get this episode I want to touch on um, hunting stories just epic scary funny whatever travelling stories like even on the way to hunt or whatever anything like that um, and righto I'll start off. Tell them their mum loves them and is their biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mum. Love you. Love you too, mum. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to. He thought I was going <laughs> to. Renny thought I was going to. Um, Awkward laughing. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, uh, why bow, not rifle? I think just the challenge. Um, we, yep. you're right. I'm just going to actually. That um, I, I think it's also like it's the challenge now, but it's also all we know. Like we grew up, so our old man um, got us into bow hunting from the age of four years old. So he started yep. take like we were really fortunate, started taking us into the great outdoors when we were four. Um, and like he had, he he had rifles and did pig dogging and stuff like that when he was our age, and then. Um, you know, in his late teen, uh, sorry, late twenties, got a bow and um, and yeah, that's pretty much like he still has a gun license now and does a little bit of rifle hunting and stuff, but um, very very minimal. Like so, from the age of four, we sort of yeah, that's all we'd ever do. And then we got our own bows at um, eleven years old and sort of never looked back. Like I've never had a gun license, you know. Like I've I've sort of shot animals for pest control and like you know meat and stuff like that, or um, you know shooting feral cats or rabbits um, yep. and stuff, but. Like realistically, yeah, it's always just been bows, um, and so we've, I guess we've only ever known the frustration that comes with the process of using a bow. Um, Is it because of the reward? Yeah, definitely. Like it's like, it's like nothing in life yeah. worth memory. Like you know. Like, Nothing good ever came easy. Yeah, that's and right. Part I, of it is like, for me, I um, draw a massive comparison with bow hunting. I find bow hunting easier than filming a hunt, a yeah. bow hunt. Yep. Um, and that's where, with bow hunting, by no means are we out to kill every animal, as you would mm. have heard previously. Like, we like taking that older animal, or if we're out for meat, we'll get the right animal. It's not necess- yep. necessarily the first thing that we see. Is that what we're going to shoot? We're not, like, blood hungry and that sort of where With the bow, I think... Even when you get into like 30 meters, there's still this like intimate oh, challenge. Fucking of... again. Sorry. 
this I keep leaving the like, aircon on and it's fucking going to leave a buzz on this thing. Sorry, keep going. Do you want No, that's fine. Um, there's still this like intimate sort of challenge where at 30 metres you may be within bow range for the next two hours and that animal has got a stick covering its vitals or it's bedded in like a peculiar angle and you're trying to glass and see like where's the humerus bone and all this sort of stuff. Yep. But during this whole sort of like encounter it's not guaranteed that you're going to get it, whereas there is a bit more of a guarantee with the rifle where, like, once yeah. you're into 30, you're that sort of – that rifle can well, even shoot. Or, like, yeah. yeah. It's just so, it becomes so much more, like, personal, I guess. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, it just, you know, like, magnifies what can go wrong in yeah. terms of, like, that animal might smell you at 100 and you're not within range. It's gone. And then you just, like, push to look for the next animal. Yeah. Um, and then – Part of that means you're out in the bush for longer because you haven't sort of with us and like a lot of even what Stephen Rallo sort of says is like we live for that adventure side of it and the journey and like we don't want to necessarily shoot something on the first day because it means that the next three or four days are sort of done. You've done yeah. that, that hunt to a degree. Yep. Um, and that's where like sometimes you just like enjoy going out in the bush and sort of looking at the bird life and waking yeah. up early and just everything being so quiet and it's that like getting away from everyday life, which is yep. different. But, um, I assimilate that to, like, fly fishing for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Because fly fishing is, like, it's a dumb way to fish. Oh. It's just a straight-out <laughs> dumb way to, to fish. If I to kill everything, like, yeah. if I was bloodthirsty, I definitely wouldn't be using a bow. Or, yeah. like, even, like, you know, like, there's yeah. so many... If it was just about killing something, like, you'd probably poison it, really. But like, I know that yeah. many... It was, like, if it was about hunting something, like, I'd be using a rifle and I'd be doing, like, long-range shooting. Like, yeah. you know, like, there's a lot easier means of, of killing an animal for the purpose yeah. of it than using a bow. Yep. But even then, I know heaps of rifle hunters who still stalk into 30 metres and shoot with a rifle. Like, it's by no means is, like, bow necessarily easier in all instances. Mm. Um, but, like, generally, it, it is a bit more of a challenge in terms of, um, you know, like my bow, I could probably pick up, if you had a rifle, pick up your rifle and be pretty accurate with it, whereas there's yep. no way you'd pick up my bow if you didn't know about bows. Yeah. Yep. And then that's like specific in terms of draw length, weight, yep. all this sort of stuff, gear. Um, but just in general, yeah, like there is that probably added challenge because you can be at 30 metres from an animal, like I was saying, mm. and like they're bedded and you can't shoot them with a the bow, whereas with a rifle, like you've got the neck and all that yeah. as a very like ethical sort of kill shot yeah and then you know you've been sitting there for an hour and a half and the wind switches and you feel in the back of your neck and that deer runs out and it might stop at 100 but there's no way you're shooting Shooting it with a bow or it might stop at 30 meters it might literally get up and run five steps and it's it's just past your range that animal's alert Mm -hmm. it can duck the string if you do force a shot with the bow whereas with a rifle you you can still shoot it so it's there's um i think yeah just like personally it's all we've ever really known um, from a young age and it's sort of like that challenge is what we yep. really get out of it. Yeah, definitely. Drives us. Yep. Definitely similar to fly fishing for me. Even like, oh, I did a trip recently with the mate, with Tyson, the guy that called that weird-ass barra, um, to this random island we picked out of nowhere on the road back to Prossy um, to catch, that's where we caught that barra the day before. We went there and we're like, fuck, the weather looks good and we're driving on the coast. And I've told this story on my other podcast with him, but um, in short, like we were like, fuck, weather looks good. Where's the nearest boat ramp? There it is, put in, went to this island and I haven't, like I've been chasing tuskfish on fly for years and went to this island. I blew three, four shots, hooked fish, blew them (laughs) and then got around to the back of the island right before the tide started turning and it was going to start getting dirty and mm. wind was going to pick up and shit and there was one last fish 
and caught it. The line nearly wrapped around the reel and busted me off. Got that off and landed the fish. And like to catch the fish that way is way better than getting the first husky I saw on the oh, island. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What? Look out, I've actually fuck. got like a similar yeah. story which sort of ties into. I know we're doing Q and A. That's now, right. But we were talking about this potentially being a bit more of a story yeah. one. Bloody oath. Um, going into like that's like an encounter where you've obviously had a bit of um, sort of like trials and tribulations and mm. stuff and you get that triumph and for me personally probably my fondest like bow hunting memory is um i was actually videoing and again um didn't even have my bow with me and i was just sort of like scouting chittle deer up here in north queensland yep. for potential clients and just like i oh, generally if i've got a weekend free um we'll make sure i'm out filming and i find that through filming the deer and then going back and watching that on a tv you pick up so much more that you've sort of missed in the flesh in real, yep. like at the time. But long story short, filmed this like magnificent stag and got into 40 meters of him and was there for like 40 minutes. And he was like doing all this really cool behavior stuff mm. that not many people have seen. And like I videoed real crisp footage of him doing this uh, like bellow. It's like a raw, like make, like a yeah. territorial thing that they do when they're like do it for rutting. The no, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, bet you, I bet you can. One of you nah, can. Got like, my throat stuff. It almost gone. sounds like you can do a it. weird like trumpet sort of thing. It's like can you do it? No, nah, it, it's honestly it's like pretty, real, it actually is pretty. Rare. It's, it's, it's like, like a guttural sort of noise. If it was like, like a fallow or red, I'd like try and do it. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty, weird. It was a what? If it was a fallow deer or a red deer, like I'd try and hit it because they. I'll like send it to you. So that, we'll put yeah. it in here or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I can insert it. Can you put it? I'll be able to insert it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send it to you. I should just put random like. Elk calls. Yeah. Elk, <laughs> elk, calls. <laughs> elk calls are epic, man. They make the hairs on the back of my neck stand. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, it was yeah. like that and being so close and I was actually like immersed in this encounter where at the time I wasn't even looking at his antlers. Like I just knew mm. it was a mature old animal yep. and it was him and I, it was by ourselves sort of thing and like he ended up walking off into the darkness. Like it was, it was that got, we were yep. there for that long that he just walked off and it wasn't until I watched that footage back at home, I was like, holy shit, that's the biggest chittle deer I've ever seen in 10 years and mm. filmed this like completely unique behavior and experience of him. Like he was thrashing trees, he was preaching, which means like they've got these glands on the inside of their eyes there mm -hmm. called preorbital glands and they like rub scent, they jump up on their back legs and rub scent up real high. Like he was just doing this full display of like their natural chittle deer sort yeah. of rutting stuff. And long story short, I ended up being like, I'm... Um, literally going to hunt him until I get him or don't like that's yeah. the only deer I want to shoot again for you know as long as it takes and I remember just going out I was doing uni obviously and this is back in 2018 but I was going out every weekend and um would like leave hunt Friday Saturday Sunday drive mm -hmm. home Sunday night and start uni and then for the whole week I'd literally watch this footage back and be like hope I hope I find him again and like yeah. and he would at like, the time me in, the, in the process like, explaining like you know, like keep going. He's like, oh, I found this deer and this deer. And he's like naming all these other hinds and stags and like yep. videoing all them. It was pretty cool because like with deer, they're so unique. Like mm. one might have, chittle deer have three main points on each antler. Um, so they've got like a brow time, which comes off first off their main beam near their eye. And some might have like real wide ones or short ones or long ones, upright, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's all these characteristics. And then you can look at their antlers and they all sort of look similar, but they've got their different traits. But then if you look again, like each deer will often have like different rips in their ear. And yep. like that's to the point where I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, Is that from fighting? That's from yeah. fighting, yeah. And yep. 
you know, some deer are just massive and have like a real dark coloration. Others are lighter. Like all these just traits. They're like you and I. Like we look yeah. different, but some people just be like, oh, they all look the same. Young mm-hmm. sort of fit dudes, whatever. Yeah. But um, <laughs> real fit. <laughs> but, real. Um, Who says I'm anyway? <laughs> anyway, so like I would go home from like a weekend and be like, yeah, I had nine other really good stags. Like yeah. definitely shooter stags any other day of the week within bow range and just there was no desire to sort of take him because yeah, that yeah, was wasn't like, my he goal. Was old, but he was like yeah. sending me videos of these stags. I'm like, that's a fucking great stag. It's like, it's not him. Like, Yeah, right. And yeah. at the same time, I was sort of in my head being like, I should have found him by now. Like yeah. he, I didn't disturb him the first time. He just walked off. One, like, you know, like didn't win me, didn't see me, anything like that. Like it was a real cool encounter. And then in my head, every day that passed, I was like, he's either gone to the next property, he's got killed by dingoes, he's yep. got been killed fighting, he's injured fighting, he's going to drop his antlers. They were doing chopper shooting mm-hmm. from helicopters next door. I was like, any of these factors could have happened and he could be dead for all I know or dropped his antlers and I won't recognise him next year because they can change. Yep. And because he was so old, I was in my head I was like, he might throw real wonky antlers next year just because... That his body's trying to survive and keep whatever nutrition can go to growing it, like yep. you supporting know, itself. It's yeah. a lot of nutritional strain to like Rather grow animals every year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, long story short, it ended up taking about two months of going out every weekend. And finally, like I remember saying to James, like it sounds pretty graphic and like like that was my purpose was to kill him. But I remember just saying, I just need to find him, and I know I'll kill him. Like I know my process with hunting chittle deer is that sort of like thorough that. If I find him, I'll, I know I'll be able to do it. Like, I backed my skills yep. in enough. And sure enough, yeah, like, it was real cool because I was sort of giving hope on giving up hope for the day, he- about to head back to the car. I was Fucking just watching a few, hi- yeah, I was Other watching a few hinds, yeah. which are females, just feeding, thinking far out, why aren't there any stags with them? And then just I was like, oh, I better just cut back that way. The wind was good oh, and it's on the way back to the car. Um, I heard this like real distant bellow, which is the thing that initially when I watched the footage back the first time was like, fuck, that's so cool. That's so unique, Mm. like getting that on footage. And to be honest, I say it to James and like it sounds a bit corny, but I was like it sounded like an old friend was just like calling you saying like, come, come. (laughs) That's weird. I remember just hearing that and being like, fuck, it's got to be him. And like it was a fair way off. You could hear it. It was real still in the late afternoon. There was no wind. And I got to like probably 300 from where I thought it was. And sure enough, without even using the binoculars, I just saw it, his like antlers and his frame. And it's, it's he's like a phenomenal deer in terms of antler-wise mm. and stuff and just old. But saw it and was like, holy shit, that's him. And then for the next like 10, 15 minutes, it was like stepping on cornflakes because the dry, it was like yeah. just real dry grass. And anyway, long story short, I took my shoes off, was about to get the camera out of my backpack and just like reaching for it, it made like a little noise catching my backpack. And I was like, fire it, I'm not even going to risk it. Like he, he just like pricked his ears and turned and stuff. Yep. And this is a few hundred meters away. But um, yeah, was able to sneak into 30. And as he went behind like a large ironbark tree, drew back and was just like real calm, like really, really calm, um, which normally you can get buck fever and stuff, especially when you know it's a big animal. But I was just like, I've worked too hard for this moment, been shooting my bow every day of the mm. week, like just knew what was going to happen and um, ended up shooting him through the top of the heart. And he like jumped over a log, took two or three steps and just fell over. And I was sort of like in shock. I was like, yeah, shit, is that it? Like 
for some reason, I just you thought, thought you had to track it or something. Yeah. For some reason, I just thought that like this massive saga that so was like in my head yeah. was going to be like some weird finish or yep. like you know like some suspense. But he literally just like it was the most peaceful probably bow hunt ever. And I remember just like that's when I started like shaking and just yeah. being like Near the Holy crying shit. and shit. Yeah, yeah, like it was real full on. Um, and I remember just thinking like can't wait to share this with James oh, and yeah, like, so the people like, at home because yeah. I had friends it's like I got more nervous for that than (laughs) sitting like university exams like any day it meant so much more to me like than any of that because it was just like putting in so much time and effort and no one that doesn't hunt or fish or whatever can really understand it it's like you know I trained for footy and all these Mm. other sports and things but it's not like this emotional investment that's like primal and it's different um and then, yeah, was able to like just sit. I sat there with him and got smashed by mosquitoes <laughs> for a bit. I just like couldn't do anything. I just kept looking at him and just like it was it was pretty cool um, and like realised how big he was and stuff and he was just like this massive impressive animal um, at his like, yeah, like exceptional sort of chittle deer. And then, um, yeah, took all the meat and... Yeah, have his antlers and stuff at home on the wall. And um, yeah. I remember like eating him afterwards and like literally just thinking like it's amazing to be able yeah, to do that. Yeah, when you take that bite and you're like, you remember and... Oh, yeah. Like, oh, from, that's like, yeah. like anyone, you know, you, you've heard the full story now. Like anyone that goes, oh, we're just out there to kill animals. It's sort of yeah. like Aiden literally spent, like he, he saw that animal, recognised it, it was just such an incredibly beautiful animal. Spent every weekend like going out there for, and we're talking full days. We're talking yeah. like you get up at 4am, you know, you're there, like we were saying earlier podcasts, like you're there at pretty much five o'clock at like first light. You're yeah. listening to them call out. You know, you might eat like a tin of tuna and like a muesli bar for the day. You're coming back at like eight o'clock at night. You're absolutely spent. You quickly have some dinner. You go to bed so you're ready for the next day. You get up, you know, you do it all again. again yep. And you do that for two months straight and you walk past all these deer just in the hope of finding one animal that you've targeted. <laughs> that, like, yeah. you know, like but they're the sort someone of, tell me that we're just out there to kill a deer, yeah. a deer or a pig or whatever. Like They're the sort of people I get around to, like goals orientated people like oh, I, sure. I rate like stories like that yeah. oh, I just remember like my girlfriend to the point she was like can you just kill this deer so I can have you back like yeah. she <laughs> yeah. was like oh I've got this we're going out for this week I'm like I, I, no I'm like I can't I'm going hunting yep. like you know until I get this it's like all consuming like every yep. night before bed it sounds weird I'd literally watch him call because yep. it, it was just like I, I couldn't stop thinking about this yep. deer just because I was like I've hunted deer, chittle deer for such a long time and fe- felt like I knew everything about them. And yep. then for him to like call so close in this like sort of like private mm. little encounter that we had where it was just him doing his natural thing and me observing for like 40 yeah. minutes, which is a long time because the wind can flick and change. Any I sort of instant. just want to go like and do the stalks, but with a long lens, like yeah, yeah. just with mm. a camera. Well, that's what I was literally yeah. doing. Like, I didn't. If I had my bow there the first time, I could have killed him hundred yeah. percent. Like, it was it was that unaware that it would have been, it, like, not easy by any means. It's still hunting like an incredibly mm. switched on deer. But imagine that's where like with the bow, I love it because if I had have shot him there, it's like yeah, amazing. It's the biggest chittle deer I've ever seen whatever but I never would have had that two months of like yeah. personal t- turmoil thinking like am I ever going to just see this deer again yeah um, and that and then to be able to actually take him um, yeah and have it go down so peacefully and stuff it was just like unreal yeah. and that's then, the story you'll take to the grave man. oh absolutely and like I still like look at him on the wall and stuff and it's just like yep. you take yeah you take the whole head or just antlers no, everything. Uh, everything yeah everything. pretty much the whole animal oh nice 
Uh, I mean, like a trophy. The, what, what, what would you put on the wall? Oh, yeah, oh like he's a, yeah. It's like a, a cane, like a chest, so like a shoulder. Yeah, yeah. 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 His, we got a, his name was Pegasus. I gotta gotta say it It's in there But um, yeah Like it was pretty We'd honestly Like after every trip Like I was calling The property owner sometimes Because like I'd get These gut feelings Being like Shit Like I'd look at the weather Up there Be like shit It'd be pretty good weather for like where I know he's hunting. Like they might be doing this, the deer might do that. Maybe yeah. they drew him in. Like, and then I'd call the property and be like, "No, nah, he's not back yet." Or you know, like, "Oh no, nah, he hasn't got him or whatever." Yeah. Just so because he didn't have service when he yeah. was there. Like I was so that invested too. in like the story, you know. Yeah. Like the when, day I shot yeah. him, I had nine other stags within bow range. Like some like exceptional, exceptional deer. Like you'd yeah. pull the trigger on it every day of the week, like past their prime, mature deer, and it was just like not even a temptation because I just enjoyed watching them again. Yep. Like it was, I was having like these little moments with all these other deer while knowing what the bigger picture was. And to yep. be honest, like it got to the point where I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to see him again. Like just mm. too much time had passed like two months for them when they're fighting every day. And like his antlers were that like spectacular the first time I saw him and they were still spectacular when I did end up managing him, but he still had broken parts of his antlers, yep. like a couple of inches off here and there, which, doesn't sound like much but like with such a big deer it was like noticeable yeah and he was just like a lot more rugged he had scars all over his neck from fighting like he was just worn down thin like it was just like super cool and rewarding to be able to like that's wicked man yeah like have that encounter over a few months with him and stuff and yeah it was like i'd seen him once and videoed him and then the next time i saw him was literally like the end of the saga the end of his life but like i'll appreciate that whole thing yeah, from forever start to like that two months is like ingrained in my memory forever which is cool um that's unreal yeah. that's lo- so. yeah my mind's just racing like i'm trying to i'm like envisioning it the process oh in my mind. Thing, like, i can see that like because yeah. i know even know the country like i know where he shot him like yeah. i like yeah isn't it neat like you share that with people like if i go like fly fishing or whatever there's a handful of people that always text me at the next at the end of the day or the next day and say, how'd you go? Yeah. Mm. Like, because oh. they're thinking about it and they're like, fuck, I wonder if you got it. And they, they share your stoke. Yeah. It's fucking cool. Um, heavy arrows or light, fast ones? I'm not sure. Does that apply to yeah, certain yeah, different it's, things? It's Depends on what you're hunting. Um, like, generally, so like slower animals, uh, sorry. So when you're shooting something like a chittle deer, mm-hmm. right? So chittle deer and smaller deer in Australia, like fallow and stuff have... Um, really lightning fast reflexes and like their chiller renowned for dodging arrows. So like the first chill I ever shot at, I, I was 28 meters away. I remember it was standing up, um, really nice tag, chewing mm. his cud and um, yeah, literally shot at him and he had time and my bow was going at like 300 and probably 30 feet a second. He had time to drop and turn to the point that the arrow, instead of like, ta- like we aim for the bottom of their chest, like their heart, he had time to drop and turn and it literally nearly hit him in the back of the head. Because he'd like, t- he'd like they just jump the string. They they're move. getting hunted by like tigers and stuff back in. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, like, so like their home. reflexes are just lightning quick, right? Yeah. So with light arrows, you're obviously getting a light, like, you know, the arrow is moving quicker because mm. it's not like a big pellet slowing it down. But with the heavier arrows, you actually get pe- better penetration. So it really does depend. Like we, a lot of the US guys um, sort of shoot quite light gear like light arrows light stuff whereas we probably like and then there's big game hunters who Mm. hunt like you know cape buffalo and all that type of stuff so they're shooting like heavier arrows we sort of average out in the middle of that fucking fly man (laughs) yeah i can be real like real annoying with this question and just say 
I shoot an arrow that I've got confidence with on buffalo or rabbits. Yeah. And that's literally coming out of my bow for me. But that's a 70-pound bow at about 560 grains yeah. of arrow weight total. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing with all this, like you can get beat up on like, oh, I want to shoot a 400-grain arrow, which is super quick. But if your bow's loud, the animal's going to react anyway. So if your bow's loud but the arrow gets there real quick, you're going to have the same result as a heavy, slow arrow out of a real quiet setup. So yeah. it's just sort of picky battles a little bit. I um, prefer to shoot something that just shoots flat, gets there, but as, at the end of the day, as long as it's hitting where I want to aim and hit, which is like the heart mm. lungs, and a shaving sharp broadhead, you're pretty right. Like there's obviously you can then go into that and say, you know, do you want a two-blade, three-blade, four-blade broadhead? Mechanical. Do you want... 100 grains or 175 or 200 like it's all personal preference mm. i personally shoot 150 grain um with a 560 grain arrow oh, this motherfucker <laughs> tell you this fly is like yeah it's driving me mad um yeah. so yeah to like for the smaller game lighter arrows are generally pretty good um because mm. they do get there quicker they shoot pretty flat and stiff Heavier arrows, you can get better penetration because um, that arrow is sort of pulling through, but you obviously yep. can't shoot out too far because that arrow is going to be sort of dropping at a faster speed than yeah. one that shoots quicker and flatter. And yeah, yep. So it's sort of like all personal preference. There's no right or wrong answer, but mm -hmm. in Australia, we're pretty lucky with being able to hunt rabbits from uh, game from rabbits to foxes, yeah. goats, pigs, deer, buffalo, bangtang. And yep. for me, it's like I don't muck around too much with what's going to be perfect for this hunt. It's like I've just got the perfect Find arrow good in around. my head that mm -hmm. can shoot anything and anything at whatever time. So, yep. yeah. Makes sense. That's a very relevant answer. I feel like that's a good yeah. answer. It makes people think from a different angle. Yeah. That's I do like, like forward of center weight with my broadhead, which mm. just helps with penetration, but then still having like a stiff spine with the arrow. So keeping everything pretty... Like, it, yeah, it just all ties in. But it's the yep. same with, like, if you're making your flies or whatever yeah. or your line, your picking line that's going to be relevant for the yeah. battle with the fish and stuff. So it's all yep. just getting into it. But it's personal preference at the end of the day. Like, yep. you can land a barrow with five-pound line or 100-pound. It just depends on do you need to really pull it up or are you in, like, an open area and you can yeah. fight it for hours or whatever. Yep. Like, it's, yeah. Definitely relevant. Yep. Um, dream hunt when travel opens up. Let's, let's just say joint hunt. Or is it, or you got two different ones? Mate, I've got like a bucket list of about 10 hunts. Um, Let's go most pressing. Like if, if you could go tomorrow and you had a million dollars and you had everything ready to go, probably, where are you going? Probably, oh, if I had a million dollars. No, well, not that. But if, you, if, you, if, you, if your whole hunt was funded and you could leave in the morning, where would you go? I'd probably go hunt. Oh, probably go hunt a moose. I was going to say moose, but then I'm actually Both? thinking, yeah. Those fuckers are Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Which, yeah, uh, we, hopefully Australia, we can do that this year. Yeah, I know, but it's just like I think a lot of Australians overlook what we've got yeah. in Australia. We've oh, got so sure. many like, cool yeah. animals. That are Between different. Australia and New Zealand, you could be so like, oh, the game species that we have here, and like even the different environments that you have to hunt them in, and the different attributes and features of each thing that you sort of mm. learn through hunting them. Like, you would honestly be so satisfied with yeah. just staying local, like domestically and and locally, but. Yeah, like I've always so like my I've got a couple of big ones on the bucket list. Like I really want to go over there and chase um, elk in the US, which like I'm already applying for tags and sort of um, accumulating points for. Um, I really want to go and hunt an ibex, uh, which is like a, mm -hmm. a goat big species. like needle like black yeah, long black yeah. horns. Yeah. Um, 
So I really want to do that. There's so and much out there like experience. Yeah. Um, and they're all different. Yeah. Um, wouldn't mind doing a seeker hunt, um, which, yeah, they're just cool sort of deer species in New Zealand. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, yeah. Personally, like I've shot five out of the six Australian species and I'd love to like hunt a hog deer. Just they're like a smaller deer. I don't even know pretty, there was that many species in Australia. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. like subspecies too. Like oh, there's Malacan and species, but yeah. six. Rusa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But. Generally, it's pretty like pretty accepted. There's always going to be different opinions, but yep. like there's six species of deer in Australia, and then like different um, subspecies and whatnot. Mm. But um, yeah, I haven't hunted hog deer, and that's primarily through they're only like you're only allowed to hunt them in April unless mm-hmm. it's like a balloted hunt, and then yep. only a select few people can actually uh, like en- you can anyone can enter, yep. but only a select few get drawn. So it's sort of limited to you either need to have really good private access you can only hunt them for the month or you draw this ballot which only a few people can so it's sort of like um yeah for me it just hasn't happened like logistically it's Mm. been difficult i haven't been able to spend enough time down there and try so a hog deer could be pretty cool but definitely like the big draw cards like i'd love to get to the states and hunt or alaska or something and hunt like moose elk um yeah all those sort of game that you see and then there's obviously like Africa would be awesome to hunt yep. um, and just experience sort of like that that um, environment um, where you're not the top predator, obviously. Yeah, that'd be and then, fucking... Yeah. That'd be a weird feeling, man. Like mm. New Zealand, I'll never... Yeah. Like if we could go this year and last year, I would well, have gone. Like, um, I four, New Zealand. Well, I had yeah. four flights booked last year from like Jan, Feb, and I had about three more flights that yeah. I wanted to organise to New Zealand like for hunting trips because it's just like cool. it's so cheap like if you're an Australian hunter like it's going to cost you just as much and yeah. it's all public land so like and it's going to cost too. you oh and the fishing and the diving mm. of it like we've gone spearfishing with kingies and stuff like that it's fucking awesome Lose. like yeah. but the, what it's going to cost in you you know flying New Zealand hiring a car if you've got all like the backpacking gear is pretty expensive yeah but like doing that or like even hunting out a hut over there is equal to what it's going to cost you to fly up and you know go and hunt pigs in the Cape yep you know, so it's so like it's just something that like just because international, like people look at it, it's like this whole other world, but it's such like an easy process. Yeah. And New Zealand, like the biggest thing I think is you're literally looking at like a postcard every time you open your eyes. Oh, like yeah. it's it's the scenery yeah. and stuff is so like ridiculous. Yep. Um, to the point where like you've got these glaciers and like whether it's South or North Island, it's just so remote and yeah, you don't even have to go far from civilization. You're sort of in this rugged country, like. Yeah. We, we were mass, massive um, Lord of the Rings fans. So you go out <laughs> nice. there and you like, yeah. feel like there's Boy, a bit... that was a really great trilogy. Oh, man. Oh. it feels like there's going to be like orcs around the next corner. Uh, yeah. and, like, <laughs> we belted out shit. a lot of like, yeah, yeah a lot and, of that. Um, oh, Uruk-hai Movie and, quotes and yeah. shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to do it. But yeah, <laughs> look to the east on the You're gonna day. Go. Like, just like, <laughs> You're going full Especially full Nick. Nerd. Like we do a lot. Yes. We've done a fair bit of hunting with Nick Morton and like our one of our yeah really good mates and um yeah like we've done a couple of trips with him and we all love the Lord of Rings so we listen to the soundtrack like on repeat just endlessly <laughs> but then also like someone will be like we're hiking up a hill just dead and then someone will just like turn back and just like roll out this Lord of the Rings quote it's, it's whatever like, like it's like the pace is quickened or something like that and just like <laughs> starts bringing up the hill like you know you need people like that yeah. in your life because it's just especially well, when you're especially like grinding those, it out yeah hard hunts and hard fishing days and, and shit yeah. like you gotta be able to hang a bit of shit and muck around oh and, for sure you know, and yeah. that's where you're all like hurting and grinding the exact same amount and then yeah. it's just like that camaraderie that actually like goes oh fuck like look where we are yeah look what we're doing yeah it sucks like busting our asses with all this gear up this mm. hill but once we get to the top 
can light a little fire or get the gas cooker going and just like have a warm meal. Like that's what you're looking forward yeah. to is a warm meal and somewhere oh. like out of the rain to yeah. go to yeah. with your mates who are all suffering the yeah. exact same. But that warm you're meal and that undercover, doing, like being in, being in a cabin or whatever yeah. and it wouldn't be as satisfying or as oh, good if you I'll didn't do you. all the hard shit yeah. before. Yeah. You know? Like we, so I went to New Zealand and started last year for two months and was working over there and um, I did, like I was just doing like weekend warrior hunts. Like I'd literally finish work at like lunch show on Friday and they'd give me a car and I'd be like, shit, yeah. So I'd drive like six hours hiking in the dark to like this spot and then like go hunting for two days, hike out, drive all the way home. But I remember I'd gone chasing um, Seamus or chamois, like these little um, goat species in New Zealand. And um, I was walking up like a creek system um, and yeah, it wasn't meant to get any rain. Anyway, like I'd, I'd spent the first day there, hadn't really seen anything and um, got my trout rod out because there was heaps of trout in the stream and that's what, like, what I was probably eating. So I was just flicking the lures. I remember I'd gone like, I'd done like a 6K walk up, come back to camp, seen nothing, got my rod out, walked 200 meters from, down, uh, 200 meters from camp downstream and there was this chamois sitting on like this grassy bench like at 100 meters away just like feeding and I was just like, you are fucking kidding me. And it's like I'm standing in the open like, and it's just like looking at me and I'm just like... Like I've worked, you know, I literally had to pack in uh, 8Ks to get to that campsite and then, you know, done that yeah. walk. And anyway, ended up like stalking in, got to like 30 meters, shot it and it was like a really good shot, run up and it's gone into like, it goes from creek into like dense forest. Anyway, as soon as I shot her, it just started absolutely pelting down rain, like absolutely... And I'm like, so pretty much where I first shot it, there was like blood everywhere, but I just couldn't find it. And so I started, because it's like really mountainous and like ferny and everything. Mm. Like I'm trying to find her. And anyway, so I'm, I'm just doing circles out from where the last blood is to try and find more blood because it's all just been washed away. And I'm spending about an hour and a half and I'd like, couldn't find anything. I was like, she should be dead with here. Like I'd, in my mind, I'd done this loop. And I got to a point where there was like this tiny little shelf and I'd walked along it a couple of times and I was like, nah, she wouldn't have jumped up there because it was probably like belly button height, like sort of four foot height. And I was like, nah, she wouldn't have been able to get up there. Anyway, um, done loops all around it. And I was like, after, after an hour and a half, it'd been pissing nonstop. Like, and in New Zealand, like in Australia, we don't really understand, but like over there, it fucking rains. Like they get hundred mils in a day easy sometimes. Mm. Like, and so anyway, I'm sitting there and like my creek, sorry, where I'd camped because we didn't mean, weren't meant to get any rain. Like I'd camped in the center of like an island of a creek. Yep. And so I'm like up on the top, like out of this creek thing, but I'm watching like places that were dry previously have now got water in it. And I'm like, fuck, my campsite could literally be washed away. So I've like gone to go down the hill and I've walked like 50 meters down because it was like pretty much steep cliffs where mm. I'm like climbing through ferns and shit. And then I was just like, nah, fuck that. Like you've put a good shot on her. Like I know she's there. Anyway, walked back up there and literally like climbed on top of this cliff and I couldn't see it because there was like a fern there and she was literally like right on the other side of it. So she's only gone like 50 meters. But I just spent like all this time in the rain like trying to find her. And I just remember like this, and I felt like guilty because I thought like I, through vet, like I don't take shots that I don't think, like I don't take marginal shots. Like because the way I see it, like animals have the exact same pain pathways that us. So it's like, you can't, like if I gut shoot something, like I literally feel like I've been gut shot. Yeah. Because it's like, I know, you know, like, it's like you getting gut shot and you know that they're just going to suffer for like two days mm. and die. So like, I know I'd shot her really well. And anyway, went there, found her, took a heap of photos, literally carried like the whole thing out of my backpack, went back down to camp. And, um, and my camp was pretty much like inches away from like 
the floating, water's edge. Like literally, away, like yeah. my mattress was like there was water like lapping at my like like my um, blow up mattress. I was like, fuck. So I literally shoved everything to a camp and I was like drenched to the bone. Like had no wet weather gear because it wasn't meant to rain. And all of a sudden it's been pelting mm. down. Anyway, I had to walk out the 8Ks out of the thing, which took me about two and a half hours with like how heavy my pack was. And I was just like, fucked. Um, and I remember I had to cross the creek to get to my car where it was parked. And mm. I literally crossed it. And when I to put it into perspective, when I'd gone across it initially, it was like knee deep. And when I crossed it, I probably shouldn't have even done it, but when I, I had to get to my car. But when I crossed it to go out, it was like nipples deep. Yeah, right. And that was after like five hours of rain. <laughs> well, the last time we went to New Zealand, this is a bit of like a, if anyone knows it's knows of James and I, we went to New Zealand with Nick uh, a couple of years ago and it was like our second time. And what we learned from the first is like, yeah, the weather is your worst enemy. It yeah. can just change. It's like literally the flip of a coin. It's either really great or really bad really quickly. Um, and we had like heaps of gear packed in like again like 10k's from we got to the car park and we were real eager um, walked into our hunting destination with like probably 50 mm. kilo packs like loaded for the next 10 days of hunting which we had like yeah. <laughs> ready to go all the gear this time went out hunting saw like some really great tar had an amazing first day and we were like no nah, we're not going to rush them and spook them. We're just going to see what's about because we're playing the long game. We've got all this stuff back here that we're, you know, we can hunt them for the next 10 days. Mm-hmm. Similar thing, the next day, we so that night it was raining and that, no, not a worry. It was light rain in the morning. We got up with our wet weather gear. We pa- packed out, got back to, <coughs> so from our camp, which was our base camp, we packed probably another four or five Ks, got back to where we'd seen the tar the previous afternoon. Sure enough, they were there and we're like, Oh, beautiful. <coughs> anyway, the wind and rain had just like kept picking up like in little increments and we're thinking, fire out. And like we checked the rain um, forecast and it's like, oh, pretty heavy rain. We're like, fuck, we'll just camp out under a rock for a couple of hours and see if it passes. Anyway, because <laughs> we had like our Garmin inReach, which was giving us weather updates. Mm. We end up sitting under this rock just getting absolutely, even in our wet weather gear, like we're getting smashed. And mm. um, we're like, nah, fuck, we've got to go back. Otherwise, we're at risk of getting hypothermia here. Yep. So we packed back in the wet and rain. And when we get back to camp, we knew the wind was bad, but we were sort of sheltered by the mountain that we were climbing on. Mm. But in the gully sort of, it was like a bit of a flat bench gully where we'd left our camp gear. The wind was going through there in like 100 kilometre an hour, like, Jesus. and Nick's tent our mate who we were with was gone like it was <laughs> we ended up finding it like 150 metres 200 metres down yeah. the, the, the little gully that we're in um, my tent had snapped the tent poles um, and had like a rip in one side so mm. it was like not waterproof we lost like thousand dollars worth of camera gear um, mm. everything yeah. that was dry and meant to be like you know, salvation. our salvation was Because like, we were like, we're just going to go in this tent and like hunker down for even like two or three days, you know. And this and is like, all happening at like, this is only 11 a.m. because we're up at four and had done like a three-hour walk in, sitting, so maybe a bit later, sorry, probably like one o'clock. Mm. And it was then and there that we're like, well, fuck, it's literally getting worse and worse. The weather forecast is saying they're getting a couple hundred mil of rain today alone. And then I think... One of us made the decision where, like, this is sort of getting to the point where it could be, like, life and death because yeah, we dangerous. couldn't get dry physically because our tents were gone. Yeah, yeah. No structure. Our tents were buggered. All our dry gear was gone. We were already freezing cold and not making the best decisions. And that's just, like, we ended up spending the next, like, what? We got our tents fixed and stuff, but we spent the next, like, week 
basically getting a couple hundred mils of rain and living in a tent telling stories and, and like we still look back on it and like we lost so many thousand dollars worth of camera equipment we were, like, didn't yeah. hunt didn't shoot yeah. a tar didn't do anything but it's probably one of the best trips I've ever had hunting wise and it's yeah. just that like again like camaraderie we all suffered but it was better than there's sitting at home. There's value in that. There's yeah. a lot of value in that, man. Yeah, like, and now I can't wait to go back and sort of redeem ourselves. And we haven't had the chance with COVID and everything. But yeah. it's like I really long to get back to New Zealand. And it's a hunt that I'll probably do um, every year, hopefully yep. until I die um, oh, or until so I physically can't. Like, like, I'll definitely – like, I think I'll be going there multiple times a year because, like, it's one of these things that there's, like, so many hunts yeah. to do over there. Like – as many species we've got here, they've got there, and plus they've got all like the beautiful mountainscapes. Yeah. Thing, like so, yeah. Um, definitely. Like I haven't, I haven't gone to New Zealand. And you'd love oh, it. Yeah. Fishing. I need wise. to get there. You I need to get there. Absolutely love it. Yeah. You wouldn't pick your jaw up off the floor the whole time you were there. But yeah, I very much, I very much don't doubt that. Yeah, I've travelled everywhere, but never ever crossed the ditch, and it's probably the easiest place to go to. It's out of anywhere. <laughs> like as a uni student, yeah. it appeals to me because it's like four hundred dollar return flights, and yeah. then. The expensive thing for us was buying like a tent, which might cost 600 to a grand, yeah. um, buying, you know, like a sleeping mat, buying like all this waterproof, like warm weather, lightweight yeah. gear. Cause you gotta be mobile, but be safe. And like just the GPS, the Garmin in reach or whatever that we're running is, you know, $600. But that's all stuff that you buy once, buy quality and generally like, like a lot of the stuff's like hunting specific, like, and we're doing like pretty intense stuff. like a lot of it you can get away with a little, maybe a little bit heavy. Like if you're just going on a hiking trip mm. if, and you're doing it in a group, you, like you can sacrifice a little bit of weight potentially. Yeah. And, you know, rather than getting like an ultralight sleeping bag where it's like minus 15 degrees rated and only weighs 600 um, grams, but it, it costs you 800 bucks. Like you can get one that's, you know, a kilo the price, yeah. and 300 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so... But yep. it's just like when, when you're doing, you know, when you're walking endless kilometers up certain terrains, like, you know, we don't have a track. Like we're literally scaling it. Like there wasn't a time, there was like every day in New Zealand, there was at least five to 10 times that I felt uncomfortable doing what we were doing. Yeah, right. Like that's the country that we're hunting for these. Like, cause we're literally hunting goats. So like, yeah. like think of all the wild photos that you see of goats and these things do that. Like they'll be like, one tiny little foothold here and one tiny little foothold here and they're like reaching across this like, you know, 200 meter vertical drop cliff just to get like a tiny piece of grass and they like hop over to the next bit and just like, yeah, like we saw them yeah. running across waterfall, and that, that, waterfall like faces and stuff. Don't look mountain capable with that all they're that. Oh, that weird. mane. They're so like, beautiful, but yeah. like how majestic. Have you ever seen one just like- Not in, not in real life, but I've oh, seen a like photo. On a cliff? No, but like, yeah, like on just Instagram. Follow Jay Wald? Jay Wald? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've watched a lot of his stuff over the years. Yeah, he yeah. does some cool, he cool, does some like, little cool hunts and movies. And, yeah, but, but no, they're, they're a beautiful buddy. Oh, to just, put yeah. it into perspective, like we'll take like a 400-meter incline pretty close to like, well, not vertical obviously, mm. but like a very steep incline might take us four hours to move 400 meters. Yep. And they'll run down that and do somersaults and get down <sighs> the exact same country, if not steeper, like where they live on the rocks yeah. in like... Six minutes. No, like 30 seconds. Yeah. Like they're playing and like... Yep. They genuinely live on this rough, rocky, like harsh country yeah. and get excited that they're running down to the nice green sort of slopes that's taken us four hours to go 400 metres. Like, yeah. We're like, this is shit. <laughs> like we can slip and die here at yeah. any time. And the tar are just like not phased by it at all. But yeah. it's part of like the adventure. Oh, I nearly got that. I touched him. <laughs> I touched him. Nearly got that fly. Yep. Um, what else we got here? Whoa. 
sketchiest moment in the bush? New Zealand. Yeah. Or that getting chased story. by a pig. Yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> a similar story with that big chittle. Yeah. I, um, up here in North Queensland, had a really cool encounter with a big boar. And um, I remember just seeing him like a long way across a big like got swamp. I didn't get him. And um, long story short, like I remember him just like lifting his head above the like real high grass and I just saw the glimmer of his tusks, which yeah. straight away I knew was a massive pig and like real old sort of thing, big body weight too. And yeah. I had to like bypass a mob of sows and stuff and sort of get in on him. And it was sort of just getting dark and like still plenty of time, but um, the sun was sort of setting. And that glow is what actually showed me his ivory and I was like, fire out, he's massive. Mm. Ended up sneaking in and shooting him because the grass was so high. He was on a bit of a game trail. I ended up shooting him at about 10 metres and what I thought was like an awesome shot. And there was a similar thing where I think I must have hit an artery. Um, like on, So I hit him on the front shoulder and the arrow actually went in but deflected forward. So it hit an artery in the neck or something. Mm. And it probably taken out one lung but not both. And long story short, this is going back a long time too, so I was a bit younger and hadn't really learnt the anatomy and stuff correctly and properly, but um, always strive and obviously do better. But yeah. long story short, he ran off and went about 30 metres and piled up in like this real tall grass, probably about waist height. Yep. And I sort of went over, looked at my arrow and was like, oh, beautiful, this, it's like coated in blood, like a real th thick red lacquer on the, the arrow and then through the passageway that he'd sort of carved into the, the knee-high grass to waist-high grass. It was just looked like someone had got a paint roller and just gone like with red yep. red um, paint. And I was like, oh, awesome. He'll just be dead in there because that's where I'd last seen him stop. Anyway, and being probably too young and eager, I sort of walked in there probably a bit too, you know, blasé, got to where the grass was like that high in front of my face. I had to sort of like part it. Mm. And just as I did, I remember like like my stomach just like dropping and it was just like, fuck. Because like, he's down there looking at you. Nah, he was bedded down like real crook, but he's just like Udemy away, so like a metre away. Yeah. Just like began chomping his tusks, which yeah. they do as like an aggression thing when they're yeah. fighting with other, and it's like, yeah, I'm sharpening my tusks I'm about to use them. And I remember just being like, fuck, like gut-wrenching. Like one, I thought Poor the bastard, shot, yeah. yeah, I'd killed him and been real clean, but it wasn't. And this is only like <laughs> seconds after it happened, I was too eager. Mm. And unfortunately, that had given him like a surge of adrenaline because he's now yeah. like, holy shit. I'm, instead of the bow being quiet and arrow going through him and him running to the grass and me giving him yeah. a minute to expire, even though it doesn't take that long, it's just like a calm, peaceful mm. process. I was just too eager in my experience. And long story, yeah, short, by me going over there quickly, parting the grass and him seeing me, it sort of surged a bit of life back into him. Yeah. And he just like got adrenaline and I tried to like backstep as quick as I could and I got about three steps back and then everything just erupted and this pig just come like f fucking screaming out behind, yeah. like behind me. And by this stage, I was running as fast as I could in this like knee-high grass yeah. and it was like a light bit of water. And I just remember like looking back and out of the corner of my eye just seeing him like fucking right there still after yeah. like 30 metres of running. And then I remember just keep running, keep running, thinking, fuck, he's going to mow me down now. Yeah. And like after another 30 metres sort of like stopped and turned and was like, oh, the pig had stopped 30 metres ago. Like, and he was yeah. bugging and he was like sitting there swaying. 
and I think his adrenaline had sort of run out and I quickly like put another arrow on the string, took a few steps to the side because he was sort of like half quartering looking towards me. Yep. So I just had to open up that shot angle and then fortunately was able to put a second shot into him um, and take out like the lungs and he virtually like took two steps and fell over like yep. he was that far gone. But um, I remember just being like, I couldn't even walk up to him because I was shaking thinking like, fuck, I could have died because where yeah. I was was real remote and if he had have just nicked my calf like there's so many stories of yeah. guys virtually bleeding out or getting like real bad bacterial infections yeah. from getting contaminated rooms and stuff yeah and i remember just yeah going back to camp telling james what had happened and just like no no sort of like celebration it was like what i had done like you instantly feel bad for that animal and a bit of remorse yeah um and it wasn't until like the next day when like we went back there and James had seen how big he was and stuff and, and you know, like you appreciate like, yeah, what you did could have learnt from, could have just given mm. him that extra 10, 20 seconds to expire by himself yeah. and nothing would have happened but it's just like a learning curve. But yeah. Well, those mistakes was, are bound to happen oh, if you ever want to get better though. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a, a lot worse. Like it could have gut shot it and fucked off. Oh, absolutely. You know I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's not that bad. Yeah. And that's... Like, yeah, so That's probably the sketchiest moment because it was just like, yeah. A lot of, like, the sketchy moments, it's funny, like, enough happen in camp when you're, like, sharpening broadheads or, you know, um, with guiding, sketchy moments is this real simple things where people aren't rifle safe. Like, that's heaps more sketchy yeah. than any animal or place I've sort of experienced. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, James might have a sketchy experience. I don't know. I, was, I don't know about I don't know, there's a few comments. Well, that, even that, like, scrub ball. Um, yeah, that was yeah, sketchy. That, that, like, that, that had was, the potential. That, was, that had, like, a lot of potential to... So, yeah, like, literally had, you know, a 900-kilo aggressive animal, like, coming in and snoring at you and sort of kicking up dust. <laughs> That's like, been fucked up. Literally, like, 14 metres, like, just looking mm. at you in the grass with absolutely no fucking cover. Yeah. Just being like... Oh. Righto. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, I literally had the thought, like, this is it. Like if he wants me, like he's just going to come over there because he had horns that were probably like a foot long too, like curved yeah. up and, you know, forward. So I'm like, he's going to come over, trample me, come back and probably fucking gorge me. I'm like, it took us literally seven hours in here. I'm like, you know, they'd have to get a chopper in here and even then, like, the amount of damage that he would do to my, yep. like, organs, I'm like, You've been a bad I'm way. pretty fucked. Like, and I'm like, look, I've got a backup rifle here. He's 50 metres, but I'm like, he's going to put two shots into him by the time he's on, like, you know, He's got a 15 if meter... If it was to go badly, it would have, there's oh, nothing like, you can do. Yeah, yeah. He's going to get maybe two shots into him before this animal was on top of me, in which case he'd have to shoot it like in the head or like in the base of the neck, neck yeah. to, to get it on the ground before it yeah. gets to me. And even then, like if he's put two body shots in, like this thing's going to fucking trample me and probably die on me. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I was just like, please just like, you know, anyway, just end up going off, but... Yep. Yeah, it's pretty... Um, but, like, you held your composure. Like, oh, yeah. You just... It was, yeah. a, it was cool breaks, watching it. You, you film it? No. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. footage. It was cool watching yeah. it from a different angle because it was a bit of a triangle. And James and this scrubber are, like, 10 to 15 metres away. Yeah. His bomb kisses at me and I'm shitting my hands. I'm probably, yeah. like, 30 <laughs> metres from both of them. Yeah. But, like, in a, like, triangle. Yeah. And um, it was, like... I remember like having this backup rifle fella behind me saying like, should I shoot it? Should I shoot it? Yeah. I'm like, no, because he's going to hear that boom and just up. go like. Yeah, like he's looking at me and he's going to get hit and he's going to Because at the time, just fucking, yeah. He yeah. was <laughs> like, you know, whereas I'm like, please don't hurt me, sir. Like I've been really good to you. Like you want to go feed and you want to go find some cows, you go do that. Like I have no grudges here. Like, but like at the time there was this probably what, 10 minute standoff where they're at 15 metres in the cow. Yep. Like this scrub bull is literally looking at James thinking, 
do I need to kill this thing or is it just something in the habitat? And he like held his nerve, kept oh, calm. I just like melted Stayed straight, stayed yeah. like, you know, yeah, low profile. And eventually <clears throat> it was enough to sort of like get this scrubber to sort of turn its head. And as it turned its head, he came to full draw and he sort of hadn't even realised that James was at full draw and James was able to um, like shoot him like real – it was – sort of like less than ideal shot but with our setup you can do it every day of the week yeah and shot it through like the initially the collarbone the, sort of yeah thing. sort of the collarbone oh, like but initially the, the like jugular where yep. the neck meets the actual like front leg scapular mm -hmm. area and um the jugular vein must have been hit because it just like went and spurted Wait, out blood, blood. Yeah, and which i could see and that was enough to sort of like Stumble it. The way it hit him was it almost like pushed his head away from James because yeah. it was turned outwards. And so from being dead front on body-wise, its neck was hanging out to the yeah. left. When he hit it, it almost like acted as a push just to get it on its way and it forgot where James was and, you know, like the yep. quietness of the bow, it just sort of ran off and ended up falling and dying in the creek, which is yep. pretty cool. But um, it was an unreal yeah, experience. Oh, I was like, at one stage it was looking at me front on and I had the thought, I was just like... Do I get an arrow into this thing so that at least when Aiden tells a story of when I died, he can be like, at least you got an arrow into it. Like I literally had yeah. that thought. Like no word. Or he can like, put his head on like a head oh, on like, wall. Oh, not even that. But it's just like at yeah. least at least he got then me when I got him. <laughs> no, at least he can be like, yeah, he got an arrow into it. You know. Yeah. But and then I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I was like, if I put an arrow into it with this thing looking at me like that, I'm like, I'm fucked. It's gonna eat me. Yeah. Like literally. Like I'm like, I will be dust. <laughs> and then yeah, so you know, I got a little bit lucky, I guess. Sometimes you gotta. Gotta be, but yeah. it's weird. Like people don't realize, like the the most minor thing can go wrong. Spearfishing's a big one. Oh. The most minor thing can go wrong. Yeah, and it's like, mate, it goes from like full comfortable to mm. dead. Like yeah, literally. Yeah. Well, even like we were just, I just gestured to um, Rennie, who's sitting on the side here. But like even just like something simple, like we went um, fishing up Cooktown for like a, an overnight trip, which was mm. unreal spearing. But like at one stage, um, someone had not put a lure back onto a, um, mm. like a simple thing, but not put a lure back onto like the eye of a, yeah. the rod. And I've turned around and this thing has literally like treble hooked me through the eyelid. And all of a sudden from it being like fun and games, like they knew my voice, like I'm pretty normally sort of bit of a larrikin, sort of easygoing. It went straight to being like, hey boys, like, you know, and they all instantly just like stopped. And then like he came over and like lucky enough just sort of pulled it out. But like, you know, that's yeah. something where like, you know, treble to the eyelid where you're, blind. where you're 80 Ks offshore. Yeah. Like that's a, you know, and same with spearing. Like, you know, you hear about instances yeah. all the time. It's not only with sharks, but like, you know, you're carrying powerful weapons around like in the water. All it takes is a safety mechanism mm. to fuck up or, you know, a, a misfire of a gun and your mate swimming in front. You know, obviously you put in all the safety measures and you never point a gun at someone, yeah. but, you know, people get shot with rifles every year. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's often a lot of safety features that you got to consider and, um, yeah, definitely spearing and, and like all fa like all features of hunting have, yeah. their, have their risks. Most definitely. Um, favorite cut, organ, meal. I assume that's like yeah, choose any of the three, all of the three. Yeah. From an Australian game animal, and how do you prep and cook it? Oh, I got mine already. So favorite cut. Got one each. I need to go to the Lord. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> favorite cut at the moment. I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to say probably tongue because I'm really enjoying sort of experimenting with that and it's sort of like a slow process in sort of fleshing that out and getting like ideas and recipes that I've done with them because they're so, you know, few and far between. Mm. You only get one. Um, 
favorite recipe, I love doing goat curries. Um, so, and at the moment, being up in North Queensland, it's a pretty rare commodity getting goat meat. So, um, really was craving that earlier today, actually. But yeah, really enjoy a, a goat curry. Mine's pretty simple and something that everyone can sort of probably just like go and grab a backstrap out of the freezer or whatever and do straight away. Um, but this was for me like a bit of a uni staple, sort of a 15, 20 minute meal after um, a busy day that feeds like everyone. Um, but it was just a simple backstrap or a tenderloin or whatever, or like any sort of steak cut of meat. Um, and then from that, I'd sort of prepare it the day before and do um, like a massive hit of garlic in there, a couple of lemons. And that basically, when you let it to marinate, leave it to marinate in like a Ziploc bag or whatever, um, that lemon almost half sort of cooks the cut of meat and like it can be a whole backstrap. And then I'll do like a heap of salt in there and pepper and stuff. And then once you actually go to cook it, it's almost like got this like deteriorated like edge to it that as soon as you smack that on a really, really hot skillet or barbecue, it like grills up amazingly and I'll, I'll often add like a tablespoon or something of like whole grain mustard as well. <laughs> the fucking and, dog, uh, <laughs> the dog's off it. Hurry <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, I'll often do like a big tablespoon of like whole grain mustard or something and just gives it a bit of like a zest and crack and sort yep. of like gets this real crispy sort of um, exterior and leave the inside medium rare. And then on, with that, it's sort of like a bit of a souvlaki sort of styled meat. Mm. And then I'll shave that up real fine with like a sharp knife and do some like real thin strips of it um, and chuck that on like a wrap or something like that with just um, some tzatziki or like yogurt with you can add your own um, like lemon juice and stuff. Yeah. Um, cucumber, um, diced tomatoes, red onion, um, probably forgetting a few things. But yeah, it's like super yeah. nice and refreshing. And um, yeah, I was doing that a fair bit last year. Um, during COVID and stuff. It yep. was just like a really easy 15-minute <laughs> sort yep. of meal. Closest thing you'd come to hunting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, you done yours? What was yep. yours? Just out of curiosity. Done it in details, just what was it? Uh, tongue and goat curry. Ooh. Goat curry's good. Yeah, I've had it. goat curry a few different I love ways. goat. If I could only ever eat one animal again. Indian style, like like, mm, like tandoori yeah. sort of goat yeah, is nice. Definitely. Not tandoori, but like that sort yeah. of flavour. Um. Where am I? Lost my place. This fucking dog's loving it. Um, <laughs> I've never had so much attention in my life. Uh, uh, whew, this is this could probably go down a rabbit hole. I'll leave that one till last. Um, yeah, well, because that's that's going to be it's going to dabble in on part one, <laughs> but yeah, right. it's sort of off to the side slightly. It's pretty cool. Um, most memorable hunt where you didn't kill anything. The tar. New Zealand for me, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'll never forget that. It was yeah. more just, yeah. Oh, I've got one. I'll tell like a very quick story, but I had a, so like um, animals have like a rut period where like all the females come into season. So like all the males get, yep. you know, they put on their big shows and displays and get really silly. Um, fallow and red deer have like a very intense rut period over like a couple of weeks, which mainly happens sort of the end of March or through April. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was on a property, um, and had seen the biggest fallow buck I'd seen in Victoria and I tried to video it and ended up having him like bust me at about 10 metres. Yep. And this was in 20, what are we now? That was 2019. And then I ended up like, he ran out to like 30 and I probably could have like shot him, but I was like, nah, he's sort of beaten me. 
Anyway, ended up spending the next week trying to find him. Couldn't find him that year. Spent that much time, like, all through summer and stuff trying to find him. Couldn't find him. And I was concerned, similar to Aiden, that someone had shot him. Next year, pretty much the same day, rocks up in the same spot. And I spent, four, like, over four days, I drew back on him 12 times at less than 20 metres. But where I was hunting, it's, like, really <laughs> thick tea tree, really thick, thick ferns. rough. And I, um, oh, like, I was literally calling yeah. Aiden like, at lunchtime or every day being, like, I've, like I've never felt personally an animal has just like purely defeated me. Mm. Like I'm like, I was saying to Aiden, I'm like, I just don't know what I can do because this thing like, he's like hind call at it. I'm like, I'm bloody hind calling. I'm like, it fucking runs the other direction. And then like one time I'd hind call at it and like comes running in on a string sort of thing, but I wouldn't be like, you come in for an, a direction that I wouldn't expect and stuff. Anyway, um, ended up, yeah, like all the, like, yeah, like I said, 12 times at under 20 meters, drawing back, couldn't get a shot away at him. And um, ended up missing him um, because he ran, like what happened was he ran down a hill and I had my pin set to like 30 meters. So I used like a sliding pin um, and pull back. And then he'd, like I'd stopped him and he only stopped at, yeah, like eight to 10 meters. And cause I had my thing to set to 30, like it was set at like a way further distance. So I've just clean shot like way over this thing's back. And um, yeah, anyway, then I spent the next like, three weeks pretty much like because I had heaps of time off like um, three weeks trying to find him couldn't find him ever again um, just went back like endless weekends and never found him again I Shit. think um, part of like when we lose animals or can't get one or whatever like has ha- happened where you're not successful it's often due to like this massive lust of just being like holy shit I want that animal so bad like I'll do yeah. anything and you often do like the complete opposite thing to what you should and that's where sort of now for me, especially with hunting chittle deer pretty flat out. Like I remember when we first started hunting them, we've hunted them for over 10 years now. The first couple of years, all we wanted to do was get in and, you know, like the wind's not going to be good for very long, so let's just get in. And like through all those like failed stalks of getting winded half an hour in, mm. it's just like now we've learned, no, stay right back until the wind's consistent at midday. So you just watch them for the first few yep. hours and then – now we sort of have this like formula or process that I like to call it where it sort of strips not the emotion to a point where like you're just doing this thing that's like you For know no reason, going and shooting of, yeah. free throws in basketball to get better at free throws like it's still a hunt it's still yeah. intimate it's still there's all this like real in-depth sort of like we're constantly reading the bush and the wind and other yeah. animals and the animal that we're hunting like the deer in this instance um, but we sort of just we don't like, oh, he's got massive antlers. I need to kill him right now. Like that's not yeah. a thought that we have. Like, yeah, sure, after the animal's dead and we've done our job and put an arrow where it needs to go to make that animal have no suffering and like, mm. you know, fall over very quickly is when the nerves come back in and you like get that adrenaline surge and you sort of like you lose your shit a little bit and like, you know, crumble to the ground. You're like, holy crap, I can't believe what I've just accomplished. Like I can't wait to eat mm. this, whatever. But yeah, I like can recall for me like, this saga that went on with Samba deer when I was living in Victoria, I just got my P plates and was able to drive. So it's sort of like, for me, it was my first real independent hunting. Like previously it was always with dad, James and myself as like a little trio. We'd always go on these hunting trips. And I remember hunting for Samba deer for like two years straight, every day of the week, I'd try and get out. And if it wasn't, it was like every second day. I was honestly hunting them so much. And I remember just saying to myself, like, I'm not going to shoot any Samba deer, I want to shoot a mature animal. Mm-hmm. And the only time I ever shot um, another deer, that, like, unless, it was, like, so I, it took me about two years to shoot a mature Samba stag. And yep. then 
just so happens that I end up shooting two mature stags in less than a week, which yep. is like unheard of with a bow basically. Like it was a pretty cool accomplishment. But I just put that down to knowing exactly where the hinds were living, yep. what the wind was doing in this gully at what time. Like it was two years of just like dedication and studying this property that I could hunt. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, so for two years as such, like to answer the question, I just like look back now with such fond memories and it's sort of like remove that initial emotion where you like want to just get something, yeah. learn about it, have fun while you're out there if you're not getting things and like draw, like if you go out in the bush and you like take something from it every time, you know, one, become such a better hunter but two, like you learn to just like look for things rather than always be like, oh, I didn't get something, it was unsuccessful. Like for yeah. us it's, oh, you know what, like I got away from uni and or work life, yeah. shared a campfire meal and that's enough. Whatever happens. Yep. Is you this know is so similar to fishing, man. It's stupid. Oh, it is, and it's that's why like so they're similar. all the same circles. Like yeah. at the end of the day, same kind. Like it's all relatable yeah. stuff. I feel that's wicked. Um, favorite game recipe? We've done that one. Sushi. I love sushi. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, yeah, cash and tuna would. Aim. Tuna Fucking sushi would be tuna sushi. Fresh trout. Mm. Fresh trout. Oh, it's just like it's so hard. Like yeah. Goats just probably because I hadn't had it, but like I mean, if I hadn't had like pork ribs either, it'd be like pork ribs yeah. or like pulled pork, like tacos. Mm. Whiting, so, oh, don't be taco on me. You I fucking said tacos. Whiting fillets. We had oh, <laughs> hungry hunter. Yeah. We were cooking up a fair few really nice yeah. dishes, and we had just like simple everyday tempura battered mm. fillets, uh, whiting fillets with and, like, like these thick cut really. chips and yep. fuck, like mum and dad come home from work and they were just like what smells good and we're like we made our own tartare sauce and stuff and everything from scratch yep. and they just like smashed it before we could even finish filming we're trying to take photos like we're filming yeah. and stuff and like pulling like, we're like leave a fillet so we can take a yeah, photo like, and they're just like, like eating it off we're the just plate like, this is meant to be yeah. our dinner like we're like oh yeah it's our dinner too just like smash it just like <laughs> Whiting's delicious, hey. Oh. If they just weren't so fiddly, like yeah. King George's are all right. Yeah. But yeah. Like decent size ones, yeah. not too we'll, bad. Yeah, we had a couple of good ones too, like getting up like 45 centimetres. So you get like real good fillets off them. Have you ever gone up Cape York and got black lip oysters? Well, you get them here. Like no, I haven't. Here. But yeah, this no, dog breeds them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't breed them, don't you? You, um, you look fucking tired. No, are you good. tired? No. <laughs> it's all the drugs. Ben, <laughs> ben says, no, I'm good. Living, <laughs> living on secondhand adrenaline. <laughs> um, yeah, black lips. Yeah, Beautiful, no, man. No. You got to eat them like most people who eat oysters just sh- like chuck them and then yeah. swallow them and don't chew. Black lips are like some of them are that big that you got to chew them. Oh, and there you go. yeah, like, like that reminds us of Scallops. so down in Vic, Fire. yeah, skull yeah. diving. Like, oh man, so like good. it's just like another thing. Like up here, the diving for fish, like the fish quality, mm. spearing and catching them, you know, online and stuff is unreal. Whereas like too many great whites in Mexico. We had this <laughs> today. in Fuck Vic that. Yeah, Never you know, have you ever one. seen one? No, nah, doesn't matter. They're not there. Um, it's like, <laughs> Dude got bumped oh. at his local the other day. Yeah, fella at a cradle, you know, um, back beaches on the peninsula. Yeah. Yeah, fella got nudged by a four and a half meter white there. Far out. Yeah, no he got nudged. He didn't get bitten. Come on. I've seen more sharks in North Queensland than Victoria. But yeah, there we go. There's they're, a risk at any all, time. Yeah. Like you're oh, in that water, right. you're. Yeah, but um, yeah, right. like the the, you can't get over the diversity of you know like. Cray, lobster, mussels, like, mm. you know, all the seafood down there, abs, octopus, like squid, yeah. you know. And then, like, even, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's like the variety that you get down East Coast uh, or South, like Southern Victoria is also, yeah, 
down Mexico. south is yeah. <laughs> yeah. across the border. Oh, yeah, there's like big ocean tuna and shit. Bluefin oh, that's right. Yeah, classic. tuna. Um, this is this one that could go down the rabbit hole. The societal yes. pressures of bow hunting within Australia and where they see the future. Do you want me to repeat? You no, know, I sort of get it. I think um, societal... It's we covered like, a lot of it in the first. I, that's where I think part, the actual I think do it in meat like a, side do it a short it. form. I think there's yeah. a shift in culture. Um, it needs to come from within, but like a lot of it's just like we, that's what I was saying earlier when I said that we could have probably like be excused for probably not putting our bow hunting in the best light by just producing bow hunting videos. Like, yeah, the yeah. hunting is a massive part of it and that's what we're doing is bow hunting but that doesn't mean that we don't love wildlife that doesn't mean that we don't you know help the farmers out with mustering while we're on their properties that doesn't mean yeah. that we have all these in- intricate relationships with like the people we go and meet and hunt with and you know and that's where like for us it's like pretty cool being a studying vet and a vet that's actually working is like you see like much more of a bigger picture and like um, especially for us with like this hunting and eating side of thing. I think that's like, there seems to be this societal trend now where it's like, oh, you hunt, you're a prick. Oh, but you hunt and you eat, good on you. That's so sustainable. Yeah. And like, if anything has been like pretty cool is like out of COVID is like, I had that many people hit like, I know that I left meat and stuff when I come up to Townsville um, in Victoria for my dad mm. and mum. And I know that like their freezers got raided during COVID just because people weren't able to source meat from the shop. And that shocked people. That's like people that up. thought, you know, like people do that shit. Yeah, like, oh, like raided was... as in like we gave it to them, not like physically. Like, oh no, no one stole like, oh, I was like what? what the fuck is wrong with you people? No, no, down no, no. There? Like Dad as in just go to people's them. houses, steal fucking meat. No, yeah. but like people Mate, Mexico, I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> fuck man. Yeah. No, people Holy. have like this issue with hunting and stuff and like as like a sustainable resource and being like, yeah, you know, ultimately you're killing an animal, but there's, you know, unfortunately as humans, animals die at our hands every single day. Yeah. You can either be removed from that process or be part of it. And like to answer the question, I think... That's a good That's a good way of putting it. Very good way of well, putting yeah, it. Well, yeah, like no one's hands are clean. Again, unless you're a vegan living off service, off grid, Nate, like wearing a grass skirt, all that sort of stuff. But again, we're not going to hear about you if yeah. that's the case because you don't have service so you can't yeah. blow me up on Instagram and <laughs> telling I'm a cruel bastard. But, and again, I don't have an issue with vegans. I think like yeah. if that's how you want to live like and you're yeah. real strict with your diet, oh, if that's If that's how awesome. you want to live, like, just don't tell me how to live my life. That's right. Like, yeah, that's fair enough. And like, but as hunters, I think societal views, we can definitely like, yeah, don't, don't just shoot. I think they're honestly improving and I think more people want to be connected. Like I think it's, through people like Renella and, and Joe Rogan who, you can't say his name, with, it's through Joe, you can't say his yeah, name. No, yeah, Rogan. it doesn't sound right, no. You can't say Rogan either. Anyway, so through Joe Rogan and like Steve Renella and Remy Warren and people yeah. like that who are really showing um, that connect between like where your food comes from and I think mm. a lot of people I keep are saying primal, but it is like people connecting to yeah, nature, like, connecting to the land, like, connecting like, to history. And I don't hunt I've, solely for meat. Like nah. if I just wanted meat, I'd go to the shops. It's well, far, fish, far, fish. far easier. Like, oh, that's nine right. times out of ten, like it's all of the fish I do, I let everything go. Yeah, yeah it's like it's that slice it. of a pie where yeah. it's like, you know, why not have the whole pie and, you know, the eating side of meat and game cooking and fish mm. and whatever it's it is a part of it. is a part of it. It's a slice of the pie. It's like, yeah, you don't want to just drop that slice on the floor if yeah. you can keep it there and eat it. 
like or have it like as a full pie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, that <laughs> <laughs> makes pie. sense. I know what you mean. Keep saying pie. Yeah, or, like, or, or taco. You know. Yeah, definitely <laughs> taco. Stop that. But yeah, <laughs> like I think even as hunters though, we need need to probably get better as like being um, more uniform. And yeah. like if someone does step out and do the wrong thing or. And it's like not slamming people on social media. Everyone thinks that social media is this like thing where like you don't have feelings and I don't have feelings. Yeah. It's it's sort of like oh, I can say something probably that's Without rude and offensive. And, that's the thing. and it's not going to be ta- they don't I don't know yeah. them and it, they're just going to go oh it's just Facebook I'm not going to be affected if, by it. If but, people were giving their opinions and discussing things face to face there would be you know, fiftieth of what goes. But even on if they just discussed it on without media. being a fuckhead, as an informative way, oh, yeah, for sure. Way, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like like if com- you, even on comments or messages or something, yeah. like just don't be a fuckwit, man. Yeah. Oh, oh for you sure. see it on Facebook where like I've had to sort of unsubscribe from so many groups oh. where it's just like fox hunting, blah blah blah, Australia, for example. Like I don't even know if that's a group, but you'll see someone that obviously doesn't sort of they think whatever they post on Facebook is only seen by hunters. And they're all the exact same. We're all mm. like that person posting is the exact same as yeah. like I'm a different person and hunter and have different views to James who we're very similar with. I'm very similar with. Whereas like I see photos of foxes that have been shot and their head, you know, might have a heap of blood on it and their eye could be popping out from the pressure of a bullet. And I don't want to. I don't. I don't see out. that and go. Oh, that's a great way to portray hunting. Like it's not. People know that that can be a result of a bullet to the head, which is an extremely ethical shot in many instances, but it doesn't have to be posted on Facebook. Mm. And that's where I think like that societal shift will come. And like, yeah, even to another degree with like Renella, like being meat eater and food focused, he still posts stories of like him in Alaska hunting dial sheep for five days mm. with no kill. And like, I think that's what yeah. people are appreciating now is where it yeah. used to be so like hunt driven and kill compilation driven. Yeah. Like if you don't have a kill compilation and like, a rewind of the kill, the final kill, you're no one. Whereas now it's like, no, they want to literally hear you talking yeah. about the you weather in your that. tent. Like, like, I could go to any one of Ranella's films and pull up before he took the shot and be fully content yeah, and never ever even want to bother watching it, yeah. the rest of it, whatever happened. And it's that story and like it's realistic. It's like, yeah, yeah on a five-day trip, you're not going to kill 50 animals. You, mm. If you're lucky to get one, great. But, you know, mm. there's so much that goes on before that, like pre-planning and all that and that's what... I yeah. think like we need to sort of. Do you um, think social media and things like that are helping, in a way? Like, oh, obviously, there's all that dickhead stuff. I'm not a massive down. fan of social media. I Me think neither. like, it's like it's this, it means that's it's, there. It's sort yeah. of like that feral pig yeah. thing. If you could do you click think your that, fingers, I think like, it's, yeah. it, I think it's got its, its pros and its cons. I think people that spend too like I think it's a great form for networking and, and education. Yeah. Um, but I think there are people out there that it becomes their whole life and all they do is just sit there and troll people and yeah. just like offer their opinion from some dark basement that they've been living yeah. in their mum's house for 50 years and they think that's like fact yeah. whereas they've never done any of it but they saw some like stupid article or they saw like a Facebook video that some conspiracy theory yeah. person did about hunting and they've taken that for fact and that's how they... the fucking... Oh, the, like that's it, you know. I like, reckon if we just... And it's not even about hunting, like any general topic in life, like, you know, it could be like I just reckon if we bananas. blanket ban mainstream media... Mm. The world would be a lot better. Well, I don't watch socials. the news. I don't really watch TV. Like I, I just like hate the news. Yeah, like I pretty much just yeah. you know, my outlet 
into connecting with other people is I do like a little bit of social mm. media stuff and generally then it's just like talking to people yeah. that I know or, you know, like I, I, I follow like very few I call the shit out oh, of <laughs> literally like, I follow away. I follow like, and even now, like I follow more photographers and sort of media and like, and fly fishing guys and I follow bow hunters and hunting people. Yeah. Like, cause it's just like, you know, it's, I guess it's that shift. And like, even like I follow sh- like a heap of chefs and stuff too, like yeah. seeing what they're doing and just inspiration. Cause I like, yeah, love cooking in the kitchen. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, yeah, I definitely think that it's been portrayed in a better light now. Mm. Even oh, fishing. Certain, I think people are just more aware of like, just, yeah. you know, like, and it's not, and it's good. Cause like some people, you know, like I was saying before, like, you know, a big bloody tongue hanging out of like a pig's mouth sort of thing. Like, 10 years ago that was fine mm. like whereas now it's sort of like hey mate you know like and if someone just goes oh hey mate you know like it's so simple just, to just carry just poke like that tongue in there or whatever mm, or some like some wet wipes or a tissue you're going to probably like, use if you need to go to the bathroom or whatever or toilet yeah. paper yeah or get some leaves and literally just like yeah we know that you shot that animal it bled to die in most instances yeah but you don't have to like glorify that blood and it's yeah. like just quickly wipe it away tuck its legs in if you that's if you're going to take photos mm. and things like still better yet don't take photos appreciate it yourself get straight to the butchering in that but yeah. people just go out to get that shit oh, like, absolutely. Go, oh I, I have to i have to catch a fish today for social media i have yeah. to do this today for social media you're doing it for the wrong reasons yeah oh, if sure. you look at even if, then like if you yeah. look at our even like our personal accounts but our twin elements accounts i'll put a photo of me like something that i've killed up like one in every 10 mm. 15 photos other it's like Here's this awesome bird encounter that I had. Like, look at this beautiful sunset. How yeah. cool are these mountains? Look at this buffalo. Look at yeah. this fawn. Look at this, like, yeah. you know, like, look at this beautiful stag, which I didn't shoot. Like, yeah. you know, like, we spend so much time in the bush and mm. capture all this stuff. Like, it's, it's not even about the kill. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. On the social media thing, I think, like, one thing I've started doing in the last sort of six months or so is at, oh, I don't know, like a fair while before bedtime. So normally, it's about 10 o'clock when I'm not... Um, <laughs> not doing this but like I put my phone on D&D and then don't touch it till I go to bed mm. unless I put I, I listen to yeah, music and shit like when I go to bed but um, and in the morning I make a rule that it's not the first thing I do when yeah. I get up yeah. so I don't pick it up for like an hour nearly two hours after I wake up yeah. Yeah. and I feel a lot better oh you're so much more day. productive too like yeah. I even now like, I, I feel reason. like you're subconscious like it yeah. feeds your oh. shit Mm. definitely yeah yeah well it knows what you want to see yeah. like, little, yeah, like little I dopamine, got into a little dopamine oh, trickles like yeah. I got into a thing of watching here's my dirty little confession I got into a little <laughs> um, a, like a trend of watching Kevin Hart videos on Facebook <laughs> oh man he, you're gonna learn today anyway but yeah I'd like I'd start like one day I watched it and I was like this is the funniest thing and then it was the next video it was like thing and then I like followed him and so all I'd do every day was just sit there and watch yeah. like 50 minutes of Kevin Hart and Next then I'd look at the time and be like, holy yeah. fucking shit, it's been like, and because there are like five minute videos, like, oh, I've got time for a five minute video, oh, i got time for another five minute video, oh, i got time for a seven minute video, oh, i got time for another five, and then you're like looking and you're like, fuck, I've just wasted my whole morning. Yeah. Like, you know. You're wasting your whole morning living, living, it's just, like. It's superficial, like it's not, it's someone it's else's like, life basically. Mm. Yeah. I feel anyway. It just rots your brain. Mm. Like it's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. too much free time. <laughs> no, oh, but that's like, I don't know, yeah, I, I, na- I now with the um, how long have you been on your phone thing, like I'm just trying to get it to the point that I'm less than an hour and a half yeah. a day. Yeah, I wish it I sounds, was that. It sounds silly, but it, that's like messaging people back on yeah. Instagram. Like I want to do it so that I like only have just say like 10 minutes in the morning where I send everyone a message 
and then like 10 minutes yeah. in the Arvo. And then, but my issue is I have like this OCD where like I look at other people's phone and it kills me. Like I just shut up. But like having those red little alerts, yeah, man, you fucking nah, man. <laughs> 70, Jesus, you need to return some phone calls. Nah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, a screen dog for sure. Um, but yeah, so like I have like OCD where like, oh, even if I like get rid of it or whatever, if I see that there's like a text or a, like I need to mm. get rid of, rid of that dot and then I feel like obliged. I feel like they know that yeah. I know that I've seen it and I'm yeah. not replying. Um, yeah. But I need to get in the habit of just like literally doing my thing and then just like locking my phone somewhere else. Yeah. Because I do, like I get distracted by pointless shit. And like it's not like, often it's just like, I'll go on Instagram, scroll for a bit and then be like, oh yeah, okay. Or reply to them some messages and then you get caught up like looking at stories. And yeah. Oh, this guy's doing, because I'm like, I only follow people that I like genuinely yep. interested in me. So I'm like, feeding myself like genuine or like I'm looking at a cooking recipe but I'm just like no nah, I've got other stuff to do like yeah. you know so yeah yeah no that definitely covers that point mm. in depth yeah no I feel I feel that's a good take on it I like I feel like the stuff you're doing is really refreshing providing education and even coming at it from like hungry hunter from a different angle like like coming at hunting from a different different yeah. angle from, from the back end What's forwards the thing? almost like yeah I We're feel not, like even in the like the intro has like a little bit of hunting related stuff and like butchering stuff. Mm. And we will do like potentially butchering videos in the field and stuff. <coughs> but um, a lot of it's like cooking, yeah. like just purely the meat. So it's not even like, you. Sort, we're trying to like, like you said, we're trying to build it up from the, the end. So it's sort of like, this is just, you know. Just this gives is, you different, different perspective yeah, and, like, and a better understanding, like a more well-rounded understanding and in the end, like a more <coughs> well-rounded opinion over such a controversial what do you call it, industry, I suppose? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like a massive part of the Hungry Hunter <coughs> thing is that it's not by any means like unachievable. Like we actually yeah. eat venison. We've got bolognese waiting for us at home. Yeah. Um, you know, we had wraps yesterday. So it's like to eat venison and game meat or pigs or duck mm. during duck season or whatever, fish once a week, twice a week, whatever, yep. depending on like your availabilities to get these resources. It's like you can virtually go without buying protein from a store yeah. and know exactly where everything comes from mm -hmm. and then have awesome experiences with like your wife, husband, yeah. kids, whatever, out in the field doing it, getting away from the hustle and grind of the city. And then <laughs> that actually just like that was just yeah, flow stayed about <laughs> Kiss, 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 <laughs> kiss. But um, oh, no, that actually wasn't. Oh, yeah, right. Oh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the hustle and bustle of uh, the city, yeah. um, oh, and doing this stuff that's just like, yeah, we've been doing forever as you know, like yeah. hunter gatherers and stuff, and having this relationship with <laughs> oh, the natural world. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, I agree, man. I agree. That like, I, I ruined you like emotional moment then too like, <laughs> <laughs> it, was getting, it was getting like I was starting to feel some stuff um, <laughs> yeah when you said hustling so what's next for the like, boys ding. what's next for <laughs> big dick energy um, what's next for the boys well it's I guess just, let's go just roll it out now I think yeah we've got so that's the thing we've got so twin element so twin roll element. out twin elements yeah, yeah so, so we, we haven't that's the thing so we haven't actually we've got about 15 cooking videos that we've just done in Vic like which mm. is sort of interesting like we had, a, we had a week off and rather than like, you know, everyone was yeah. like our whole family was literally down at the beach. We were like 
in a kitchen just like filming hunting videos. Yeah. Like, so it's sort of like, and same with you guys doing your media here. Like, yeah. you know, you, all your spare time is absorbed and it's something that we love doing, but it's like something that we're really mm. passionate about, like sharing with other people and trying to inspire them. So, um, yeah, like we've got, like I said, we've got about 15 videos that I'm about to start editing at the moment. Mm. So, um, hopefully we're hoping that about March we'll start dropping that, those videos, but we've also got a couple of, um, hunting videos as well that we've just got like we want to get a backlog because obviously like with him at uni and me working like you can't just you know like you appreciate oh like you appreciate like editing you know like to edit a a really good hunting video from start to Mm. finish like you're probably looking at between 60 to 100 hours plus so I mean like that put in to like you know we start off with I'm shocking. Sorry, oh, keep going. Like, yeah, like you start off with so much raw footage, you know, just say four, like you got to fit in a four-day trip, yeah. which you might take like 15 hours of footage in mm. and then you got to condense that down into a 15-minute video with like all this wicked yep. music and stuff. It's just like... We're less scripted now in like, oh, we can't add that. It's going to get boring. It's like, well, people are going to watch it or they're not, but yeah. at least they get sort of the whole picture now as yeah. to what we're doing. I feel like, like doing passes. Mm. So make your video, watch it, and then work out what's relevant for people. Yeah. Yeah. And then well, that's what we keep screening. Then, like you start yeah, it. Yeah. Then you cull like, and then you cull and then yeah. you cull. So and then his, yeah. it was editing one today that's like, you know, started off and it was like 10 hours of footage. And it's then Nick Morton. It. If you hear this, I'm working on it. Right, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> it I um, filmed Nick and it was like super difficult yeah. to film because it was like freezing cold winter time in like the mountains in New South Wales hunting yep. pigs. And it's like, Either so there was no tripod use. Yeah. Like I could use a gimbal, but it was just like a bit difficult because you're trying to like <coughs> film over the shoulder and be like all real streamlined and stuff. Plus yeah. you're filming. We were getting up at like two a.m. walking out in the dark to get to like the highest peak for sunrise. Yeah. Would be out all day in the wind and rain. So like while we're doing all this stuff, it's like pissing down with rain. You got your camera gear to like. It was just like filming wise, very like difficult. Yeah. And then there was so much going on and you're trying to wrap five days into, yeah, like some sort of 20 minute video potentially yep. that gives it like the credit that's due. And Nick's like phenomenal in terms of like the knowledge he has for mountain boars is yeah. like his thing. Um, and they're like a species of like pigs in general get sort of like a stigma as like being yeah. dumb and easy to hunt. Whereas they're far from it in that terrain. And um, they've got everything sort of going what, for them. Yeah, so I watched the series of your stories when over a couple yeah. of days off that black and white yeah, boar yeah. that he got mm. so close to bedded up and it yeah. wounded him at the last yeah like, well that's he like, was nearly ready to draw wasn't he yeah he got to like five meters and the wind changed or something yeah. but that's like what this that's cool but like i was on the edge of my seat the whole time and i wasn't disappointed that he didn't get it yeah it's fucking it sick actually i'd like to get him on one day for the podcast because i love yeah. like like we were talking about it off the air before like he's pretty young um entrepreneurial like hungry yeah. doesn't sleep much yeah, yeah no, like he's great. Oh, yeah, he's, he's you two real... like 2am podcast, gotta be cute. <laughs> we just like hit it off in terms of like, hey, mate, you keen for a hunt? Yeah, keen, let's, and bang, it's just organised. Like, it's, yep. we're, we're all very, um, like, less talk, just action sort of thing. Yep. Um, and I'm, that's where I'm, I like that. I'm keen to sort of bring this hunt out because I yep. feel like a lot of people sort of go, oh, yeah, he shoots mountain boars and he like works hard. But yeah. when they sort of see it and see what goes into it, I think it'll be mm. pretty cool. But, um, yeah. Well, now that he's a back here apparently we'll have to do some cool shit yeah Yeah, and that's what I was going to say for the short term is like we're hoping to do a bit of diving and fishing and like just go out hunting a bit more and while uni's on for me it'll be difficult but just like prioritise a lot more weekends and stuff and yeah I'm hell keen for that do some missions we'll have to we'll have to Mm. I'm keen to get into you know bow hunting get into a bit of hunting it's yeah I reckon so I I reckon like I'll sort out a list of like kit 
minus the bow and I'll, t- I'll still do the stalks but with the camera. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah. that'll give me an opportunity to learn and understand more and then I'll get a bow. Yeah. And go from there. That'd be super, I honestly yeah. say it all the time. One of the things that fast tracked me the most with my bow hunting is videoing. This is like, very, this is, we should have had this on the fucking <laughs> QA. Is mm. like yeah. a tripod is not streamlined, it's yeah. like yeah. finicky, like it sits in front of you. It's just yeah. hard. Like, because then if you've got something that's like, but yeah, I've stable. tried, like, like, you can try it in freehand, but it's yeah. monopod, you can try tripod. Tripods are generally pretty accepted mm. for that, like telephoto sort of yeah. what about like, just a, like a wet bag around a neck strap and then just yeah tuck your elbows it's hard depending on how far like, yeah it's but generally like from being able to yeah. get into 30 meters and video an animal yeah for a long time undisturbed and not make noise with a tripod you then go back and grab your bow and it's this extension of your own body like yeah. it sits in your hand flush you can rest it on your hip, you streamline with it, you can hide behind its frame. Yeah. We just need a six it, to eight hundred mil lens with a two times color converter. <laughs> yeah. And just fucking no, just have you hit them from five hundred away. David Attenborough, um, little like remote control cams that yeah. like go up to the lions eating the impala and they're just like looking at it like, what's this boulder doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. It's a little bit more funding, but it will eventually we'll get there. Yeah. We'll, we'll collaborate with Andra, if you're listening. Yeah. yeah. We need sponsor this, please sponsor this yeah. podcast. <laughs> we need a boulder cam, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might round it out. That's three one and a half hour sessions. Jesus. That's fucking loose. Success. And we still got like a lot more to talk about. I'm sure like we'll still bounce a bit of stuff between us. Yeah, and see. Absolutely. We'll probably do some cool shit or talk yeah, about no, some more definitely. cool shit. So we'll get you back on. Yeah. And I'm man. keen, like, as I grow this podcast and sort of scale it into the broader outdoor sort of area. I'd be keen to sort of tap into like, I didn't go down the what way of like gear and mm. technical stuff, like techniques and things yeah, like yeah. that. Because I thought, oh, there's like a lot of hunting podcasts out there that'll probably cover that. But I do want to develop into that eventually. So for sure, yeah. it's definitely something, another topic we can cover. For yep. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We're well, always keen for a chat, so it's easier. Yeah, and right. like now that we're, what, 20 minutes from each other, it's yeah. really convenient. Definitely. Definitely. Sounds good, boys. We'll round it out. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.